listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Alive Again. Our show is about animal life after death and pet reincarnation. I certainly appreciate all of you global members who are waking up and having your cappuccinos and listening to us or on your treadmill and still listening to us because these podcasts are archives and there's no excuse whatsoever for you not to be able to listen to them. So do take your time to go back through all the shows and see if there's a subject you like. If you don't find one, then you can just write us, rent at PetLifeRadio.com and we'll look at your suggestions and review your questions and see if there's a good show topic in there or suggest your own. And my co-host is... Hello everyone, my name is Coco and I'm from Australia. So from one side of the world to the other, we've got it covered. Now today, we're going to do a topic that you probably need to get your Kleenex out. We're going to talk about memory moments. This subject is about can an animal or does an animal know when they're sick or just before death that they're going to transition. Now, in my book, Animal Reincarnation, we talk about memory moments. And memory moments are when a pet is going to die and they do know they are going to die prior to the transitional process. These memory moments are times or activities that your pet will display to you and for you so that it's always remembered in your heart. And at that time, you might not know it. Like, for instance, the first time my dog passed, I was sitting there and I could see he was sitting and staring out the doors. And I kept going, why is he doing that? And inside my head, I heard, well, he's remembering Earth for the last time. And I went, ooh, this isn't good. This means that she's not going to be here long. And I heard he's memorizing Earth. Well, Electra passed within a few days of that, and factually, she was sitting there memorizing Earth. When my second dog did it, my Labrador, I knew that that's what Remedy was doing when he was laying and just staring out the windows. I knew that he was memorizing his earthly surroundings before he crossed to the Rainbow Bridge. So today, we have several guests that are going to share their memory moments with us. And Coco, we'll let you start with yours and uh, Joey's. Hello, everybody. As Brent said, yes, we will all need tissues because tissues will certainly be mopping up the tears. Memory moments sometimes can be really emotional. For me, it certainly was. I remember quite clearly the night before Joey was going to the vet for surgery. It was a routine operation, so we thought. And I was sitting on the couch with him, just patting him, and he was staring at me intensely. He did not lay down like he normally would. He'd lie down and cuddle up next to me. He sat there and he kept on patting me on the arm until I turned to him and gave him a hug. And he continued to stare at me. And in my heart, in my head, I actually heard him say, and I thought I was quite crazy at the time, Mum, I'm going. I'm going to die. And I burst into tears because I could sense that he was going to die, but I didn't want to believe it. I did he was only four and a half. I'm thinking, no, he'll be fine. But he kept on staring, patting me, hugging me. And he did that the entire night until the next day when I took him to the vet. As we're going to, in the car, he sat in the seat looking at me for the entire time. And until I walked out of the vet 
he kept on looking at me and in my head I could hear, Mum, I'm going, Mum, I'm going. And later that afternoon, um, he did. And he passed away passed during away the surgery? Yep. Yeah. So that's what a memory moment is. The sad part of it is that it was a memory moment. The good part of it is it's your pet telling you, I love you, you're special, and get ready. After the sponsor's break, we'll be right back with Dawn. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, and I want to thank Dawn for calling me in today and sharing her memory moment with us. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. So um, what happened prior to your precious baby's passing? Well, Chandler had liver disease, and uh, he also had the collapsing trachea, Ooh. which was kind of a whole episode of coughing and stuff like that, but I'm not sure which one he really passed from. They were both quite bad, but he stuck around. He was uh, almost 17 years old, and um, his memory moment was I just got back home, and he crawled into my lap, and this is where he died. It was the best way, I think, because he made it so easy for me. I didn't have to choose for him. And he looked in my eyes. He looked, and my dog had the best eyes. His eyes were just radiating love. That's all I could think about. And we just stared into each other's eyes, and then he laid down on my lap, and then he just passed away. While he was looking at me in my eyes, I saw a whole kaleidoscope of everything that we've done. Oh, wow. It was his way of saying, oh, my God, this was so much fun. Don't be sad. Thank you very much, and I love you. And it was so sad, but it was not so sad because he um, did it his way, you know? And that's what he wanted. He wanted to go when he was ready, and he was ready, and I had to let him go. So, But I've had so many signs this last week from him. It's been amazing. So I'm just I'm feeling inspired, and, and I'm hoping he can teach my other dog some obedience. <laughs> Please, wow. Well, oh, I am so him. thrilled that, that he showed you. Now, when you say he showed you a kaleidoscope, what did you mean? Was it in your mind's eye? Was it like a colorful video or just like flash shots of photos? It was like little videos that were snippets, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. Oh, that, my gosh. Uh, some of the most hilarious things that we went through together. He had this uncanny way of working up an appetite, I call it, before I'd feed him, mm-hmm. where he would get the zips, I'd call it. He'd run back and forth and back and forth, growling and getting a toy. And, and then he would never let me speak on the answering machine to my telephone because he had to bark during the greeting part of it. <laughs> I mean, just some of the weirdest, funniest things, you know. And he, he kind of showed every little bit that I enjoyed so much, he also enjoyed. You so know? basically, he was showing you in his memory moments the happy things. 
Oh, yes. It was all good. Oh, it was man. all, it's like, you know, the things that I thought were so special, and I'm so glad I memorized them, were special to him, too. Oh, wow. Well, we thank you. We know you've got a busy day, and I thank you for taking time out of your oh, day to you. talk with us. And we'll look forward to talking with Laurie next. Thank you, Laurie, for coming on today. And she's going to tell us her memory moment with Moonshadow, which is a lovely black cat who had also a sister cat. Are you with us? I'm with you. All right. So if you will tell our listeners about the memory moment that Moonshadow shared with you. My cat Moonshadow became very, very ill in the later part of October of 2011. And the memory that she shared with me was she knew she was, wasn't going to make it, and she knew what I had to do. She liked sleeping on top of my blankets. She liked to cuddle with me at night. And the memory that I remember most about her is something she never did before. She climbed underneath my blankets, laid down beside me, and as sick as she was, she started purring and licking my hand, and I got, I got the feeling that she knew that I had to put her to sleep, and that she was telling me that it was okay to do that. How'd that feel and, in your heart? Oh, my God, it hurt me so much. Okay, Brent, I tried everything to, to help her. I tried everything to nurse her back to health, and nothing worked. And she had never crawled under the sheets with you before? Never. She never did that before. She was one of the cats that liked sleeping on top of the blankets. She liked to curl up either between my knees or, or right beside me. Well, folks who are listening, this is one of the examples that we want to give you that Laurie is sharing with us is your animal knows that they're going to transition and they will do something out of character. And that's one of the ways that you can recognize a memory moment and we're going to thank Laurie for her time today because all the people who are helping us have busy schedules and I am so grateful that each and every one Laurie especially with her schedule took time to help us today and with that we're going to move on and hear from Valerie and with a wonderful Jack Russell named Benny Valerie is taking time out of her day to share her memory moments before Benny crossed to the Rainbow Bridge how are you today Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Tell us about your memory moment that Mr. Benny presented to you. Well, let me try to get through this. Um, let me start by saying how Benny was larger than life. He had yep. a huge personality and <laughs> was quite attached to me as well as me attached to him. Unfortunately, just before Benny passed, I had to have surgery and I spent three days in the hospital. Now, during this time, my mother had taken care of him like she had in the past without any issues. But this time, Benny just, I mean, he was getting old. He was almost 16 years old. And he just kind of took a bad turn while she was taking care of him. And, of course, she didn't want to tell me because I was in the hospital. So, at that time, he refused to eat and he seemed to completely lose his will to live. When I returned, I looked into his eyes and he just looked right back at me like to say, I am so happy you are finally home. And then he had perked up a bit. He wasn't eating when I was gone, so I had hand-fed him some meatballs, and I just pleaded for him to live. So we ate some, but unfortunately, he soon lost some coordination, and he was really unable to walk without help. Well, did he have a time. disease, Valerie? No, he didn't. Benny, just he seemed to have always been healthy. I kept him very active. However, at his advanced age, he seemed to be losing some of his coordination and some of the circulation in his legs. And I think it could have just been a lot of the weakness and stuff, too, because he really, really missed me. 
So at that point, by the time I came home and found him in the condition he was in, not that my mother didn't care for him, but he just wouldn't eat for her. So he became a little stronger, but like I said, he was no longer really able to keep himself upright. And unfortunately, I had had hip surgery, so I couldn't even bend. So my mother was taking him out and having to hold him up so he could go to the bathroom and everything like that. So it was getting very difficult. But I knew that at that point, it was getting close to his time to pass. And this is a time that I've dreaded since, I think, the first day I got him. Well, now, um, did you know in your heart or how did you know just sort of well, inherently? I think I, I think I knew in my heart. Ever since I got him, I mean, he's really my first dog as an adult. Okay. And it's hard to imagine. It was always so difficult for me to imagine ever letting him go because we shared so much together. And, you know, once he started getting up there in years, it became more and more difficult just thinking about it, let alone having it, you know, come to reality. So what I did is my mother, of course, was telling me I was letting him go too long and that something should be done. And I tried to ignore that because I knew that the connection I had with him would tell me and that everyone has always told me that when it is their time that they will let you know. So I got him to eat and stuff, but the night before what made me make the decision was that night, which happened to be his last night in this life, I took him to bed with me and I placed him on my chest and he lay there all night long. And as he lay there, I I told him that it was okay for him to go and that I would always love him. And I slept very little that night. But every single time I woke up, he was staring at me. And like I said, we've always had a connection, but the fact that he would open his eyes, it seemed like either a fraction of a second after I did, or he already was staring at me when I was opening mine. The next morning, he was still with us. However, I had to make the tough decision to let him go. And it was the most difficult decision I've ever had to make. But I think him having that connection with me allowed me to make this decision because he was really kind of telling me it's time but he wanted to wait for me to come home. And I think it was just that me spending that time away from him at his advanced stage, which of course he probably didn't understand, but it was too much for him to bear. But I will always remember, and I'm hoping, I take it that after reading your book especially, it makes me feel that this time in his life, he was reflecting on all that we had and all that we shared together and that he wanted to remember that. I'm just good and speechless here. That's a serious connection. Wow. Yeah, the lying on your chest all night, that wasn't something he normally did, was it? No, he would lay in bed with me, and he was one of those under-the-cover dogs, so he would always be under the covers, but generally he lay behind my knees. And he's one of these dogs that always had to touch you. I have two other Jack Russells that I don't have. I mean, I love them to death, but I certainly don't have that kind of connection with. And they're dogs that don't really care. They can go under the covers maybe, but they don't want to touch you. (laughs) And, you know, it's just a whole... I always said that I, I swore he was human inside and that he had... that He understood everything. He was an old soul, too. He was very knowledgeable. That memory moment, Brent, I think, is as a standout here in that it was something that he didn't normally do, but lying on her chest all night. No, and he that laid in itself yeah, that stands out as being a pure loving yeah. memory moment. Yeah. I'm always surprised how they just choose special things for memory moments. And did you know at that time that it was a memory moment? 
No, I didn't. And in fact, until after I read your book, I was thinking about that after I read your book. And I said to myself that I was trying to figure it out. And then there it was, right? As big as day in front of me, that the staring at me and the the staying with me and, you know. The stare seems to be a common part of their memory moments. Most people we've read, you know, in our group on the wall have been talking about their memory moments and the phrase intense stare seems to be common in the thread, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think that it also depends on the animal. We're going to be having uh, Carrie own uh, from Australia, and she's going to share her horse's memory moment in just a little while. So that'll be interesting. And then, Valerie, we want to thank you for taking time out of your day to share Benny's memory moment. And we're going to move on to hear Michelle's about her cat. We'll be right back after we talk to our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet We're back, and Michelle is with us today all the way from Dallas, Texas, to tell us about her cat's memory moments. Get your hankies out. This is a good one. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brad? Well, we're we're hoping we won't cry for yours. It's been one of those days today with the memory moments, and I think that your cat's memory moment to you is one of the most touching ones, literally, I've heard in a long time. So we're so excited that you're sharing the ways that she touched your heart before she passed to let you know she was passing. Thank you. Well, what happened was we came home from the vet, and, and we were at home, and it was about 20 minutes before she passed away. And we had an intense staring contest, I believe. And all of a sudden, she just reached out her paw and put it right on my hand. And she just stared at me and like she was telling me goodbye and that I love you and um, that everything was going to be okay. Did and you she had know never that done that. And she had never done no, that before? No, no, she had never done that before. I had another cat that, that actually used to do that all the time. But Jazzy never did that. 
And when you went to the vet with her, did you think it was a time that she was going to pass or was you? you yes, sure? I did. Yes, I did. I took her to the vet and she um, went to the doctor because uh, she was, I don't understand really what happened. She just got sick real suddenly and she was getting weaker and weaker. So he gave her a bunch of uh, fluids and some vitamins and some penicillin injections and see if that would help. And the next few hours was going to be very critical. So I brought her home and we just stayed together in, in my bedroom. And um, I thought she was might pull through, but she got really, really weak. And um, so we sat on the bed together and we were just sitting there talking and, and having a one-on-one. And she just looked in each other's eyes and that's when she reached out her hand to me and put it on my hand. And so it was like she was telling me thank you and, and that she loved me and goodbye. And I was having a lot of guilt because I had a kitten that I had brought home. And I felt like she was saying thank you to me, and I didn't feel like I really deserved one. Wow. Did you feel anything else in your heart when she was staring at you? Um, I just felt a lot of love. Well, I know you're on the clock today, and I appreciate you taking your time out of your busyness to stop and share your story. And I want to tell everyone that I think it's very interesting how each of the animals, have you noticed, have reached for their guardian's closeness. It's as if everyone is trying to establish a physical contact of closeness. Yes. And I think that that is just absolutely wonderful. That Did you hug her? Did she die in your arms or did she pass away on her own? She didn't actually die actually in my arms. We were sitting right next to each other and she didn't, you know, make any noises. She was struggling to breathe and she just stopped. And it happened so fast that I had to check to know for sure. But she wasn't in my arms. I, I held her for a long time in my arms, and then I'd, I'd put her down and let her rest, and I'd put her down, and it was back and forth like that. But no, she wasn't in my arms when she passed, but she was sitting right next to me. Did she tap to you with her paw just before she drew her last breath? Yeah, it was about it was about 10 minutes, I guess, before. Okay, well, thank you very much. We're going to speak with Carrie next, and she's going to share what her horse did when he okay. created a memory moment. Thank you so very much, Michelle. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. We're welcoming a fellow Australian to discuss her memory moment with her horse, Nemos, and uh, would like to welcome Kerry on board. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Coco. We're looking forward because you have this big, beautiful black horse, folks, and I have done she has a poster that helps spread awareness in animal reincarnation. So we're looking forward to hearing the intimate details of most wonderful Nemos. Well, my memory moment, the main memory moment that I have is of, of him, both of us riding towards the beach over a sand hill and the sun was going down and um, he felt really strong and there was just an awareness that um, this was something special at this time of us being together. Now, you need to tell everybody how old he was. He was 30 years old. I had him from when he was 18 months old. So I, uh, I had him a fair while. Uh, I broke him in. I, I bought him for $100 and I broke him in and I rode him around the national park and on the beach and just had a wonderful life with him. And um, there was another memory moment, you said, when you brought him back? Well, after he died, I was falling asleep one night and uh, I had this uh, real picture of me hugging Nemos in his paddock and it was like a day, you know, in the middle of the day sort of thing. 
but since since he's died, I feel him in the yard in the house. He spent a lot of time in the, the yard here with me over that time that I had him. So he was like a family member. Before he um, passed away, the moment with the sunset, how long before he passed away was that? Three months. So, um, just um, prior to his passing away, was there anything closer to that time that actually made you think or made you aware that he was going to pass very soon? I had a dream about a horse that was his girlfriend about 10 years before and, yeah. and uh, she was coming to my house and she was one street away. Her name was Mandy. So um, that made me think that even though he physically didn't look like he was deteriorating that fast, that there was something coming pretty soon. So she was coming um, in the dream to let you know she was coming to get her boyfriend. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. So she must have been his favourite girl. She was coming to greet him. So uh, I had a uh, big black horse that lived to be 32 years old. His name was Midnight. And he was down with arthritis and they couldn't get him up and they couldn't get him up. And one of my memory moments was I had taken him carrots and sugar and I went in the stall and I called him Fweedikins. And if I get upset, I'm sorry. And I said, Fweedikins. He nuzzled me and he ate his carrots and he ate his sugar out of my hand. And he was messy because he'd been laying down for five days they couldn't get him up they would turn him and you know and they said if he keeps staying down like this he's not going to live and so i said come on Fweetikins, we're going to go eat and so i let him out in the yard and in the pasture and he ate grass and he stood and i said we're going to give you a bath because you need a bath you dirty boy and he stood in the sunshine and i bathed him and he looked at me and we went back in the stall and I gave him hay and I gave him food and I said, now, Fweetikins, I'm going to be back tomorrow. You wait for me. And he looked at me and he gave me that special name that he gave me. And the next morning they called me and they said he had passed. So he made a big effort for you there. there. I had two horses go within a month of each other here. I got a little horse in from uh, Rendlesham, a place just up the road. And she was nearly dead and um, she came to be Nemos's friend right at the end and she had to be put down. Her people came to have a look at her and she got up and she strutted around and she neighed at them and that was the last time she seen them. So, it's their goodbye. Yeah, yeah. She hadn't seen them for six months and she made this supreme effort to, to say goodbye to them. I think that's what Sweetiekins did. I think he made the effort to get up and to eat and show me everything's okay. Because it was Yeah, yeah. Did your horse get put down, Brent, or did it just die himself? He passed. They yeah, called well, me and uh, said they walked in the stall and he had passed. Yeah, well, Nemos and uh, my girl, I had to have them both put down. And that's, I don't know, it makes you feel really guilty afterwards. Now that's something I, I don't handle that well. I can deal with afterlife and furthermore, but that I can't even say the words. Helping them, I know, is a humane thing to do, but I just I don't handle that concept well. It's heart-wrenching. Time stands still. So um, we want to thank you. Oh, Brent, thank you and too. She you, had to get have, up, everybody. She had to get up bright and early this morning, bless her heart, to uh, even help us on the show today. So. You've been a great help to me. I live in a very isolated area, and, and I found you online, and, and you got me through three difficult deaths. Heck well, my dog, Nemos, and my girl. Well, you have gotten many of our members through many difficult times with your lovely comments and being there. And what we're talking about for any who are new listeners is we have a fabulous group on Facebook. 
called Animal Life After Death and Reincarnation, and you can see that link in bold letters above our podcast on the radio station. We've got about 50, almost 51,000 members now, so come on over and ask your heart's questions about Animal Life After Death, and most of the people in our group stay because we help each other, we're there for each other, and then once we heal, we pass the love forward. So we ask you to join our group, ask your heart's questions, and if you want to talk to Carrie about your horse's death, then she's right there, and she's there to answer your questions, and she's one of the people who will help your heart heal. And thank you so very much, Carrie. Thank Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Kai Kai. Okay, and next we're going to listen to Linda's story about how her dog told her he was going to pass, and she had no idea. So here's a word from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And our last story, get ready for. This is just the summation of all the stories that have gone before. And it's the beginning of the death and the opening of understanding. We are so fortunate to have Linda with us today. And she's going to share her story. So get your tissues out. Get ready. Linda, how are you? I'm fine, Brent. How are you? I'm kicking. That's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) So if you will share your story, because Linda's story is different from everybody else, and I want you to hear the details. Linda, go right ahead and share with us, please. Well, thank you, Brent. Well, basically, uh, I had a little uh, six-year-old Maltese, and I took him in for his regular grooming. And, you know, it was every day, you know, thing, just get up in the morning, do your thing, dropped him off, and they said, pick him up in an hour. And about 40 minutes later, I got a phone call from the groomer and saying that there was an accident and that he uh, unfortunately died at the groomer. He was in the tub and the groomer says she turned her back for only two seconds and the poor little guy hung in the noose. Very devastated. Sorry if I get emotional. Oh, 
it's only been a couple of months, so it's it's very dear to my heart, obviously. Well, basically, it was the worst thing that ever happened. Mickey and I were extremely close. He was my life. He was my guide. He was everything to me. Our laughters, our tears, everything was all about us. He was with me every second of every day. And I always had the why. Why did this happen? How could this happen? And uh, I, not being spiritual, uh, in a sense of, I had beliefs of things, but not to, not to the point where it was, you know, I followed through with it. I was at a loss. And then somehow, I don't know how, I don't know, I, I, I know now, but at the time, I was guided to Brent and her website. And I was welcomed by wonderful people who really extremely helped me through my hardest times. And I understood a lot that I didn't know before. And I got Brent's book. I read on the site. And all of a sudden, the lights went on. Certain things that happened before Mickey passed. As unexpected as it was, as devastating as it was, I understood there were signs that he was leaving. And uh, one of the signs really, really stood out was 24 hours or 48 hours before an animal leaves or a loved one leaves that they act differently and they're not the same. And my husband and I were sitting, we live on the water, and we were sitting out in the back one evening after work. And uh, Mickey was out. Now, Mickey's always on my lap, always with me. And for some reason, this was uh, the day before, it was the day before he passed. So he passed on a Wednesday, so this was Tuesday evening. And uh, my husband said, you know, why is he staring at the water? Because Mickey just stopped and stared at the lake. He didn't move. And it was, and I know this sounds, you know, well, dogs do that. Well, no, not my little guy. He never did that. He stared at the water and he just stood and stared and stared. And we called him over. I said, Mickey, come here, baby. And he come over and, you know, got on my lap. Then he wore it down and again stared at the water. I mean, he got off your lap to go back. He got off my lap to go back. And it sounds, well, you know, dogs do that. No, not my guy. Never. And I said to my, I said to my husband, I said, you know, there's something odd. Like, I don't know what's, what's going on with him. So on top of that, the other thing that he did that evening was he, well, it was early evening. The sun was still out. And he walked away from me and he laid on the, on the corner of our patio. Now, again, that sounds like, well, you know, dogs do that. Well, not my guy. He never did that. He went over and he laid on his own by himself. And looked at me, and I kept saying, Mickey, what's wrong, baby? What's wrong? Come here, baby. And he wouldn't get up. He just laid on his own. Now, of course, at the time, I, you know, didn't know any of this. I didn't connect any of it. And then the next day, the next day, we lost him. And um, since then, like I say, I've, I've now learned, and I do believe 150% that he knew he was going. I can't believe that he knew how he was going, but he knew he was leaving. And it was his way of detaching himself. And taking it all in as like a photographic memory of all the things that were present. Yes. If anybody wants to talk to Linda, you can find her. She's on our pet reincarnation group and is offering wonderful advice. She helps you heal your heart because she's one of our fabulous members who's been there and now passes the love forward. So we thank you so much, Linda, for helping us today. And we'll be right back after our sponsor. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. 
There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, I hope everybody has learned what a memory moment is today. It's that extraordinary moment that an animal chooses to say thank you and to let you know inherently. Sometimes you'll know from our stories that people understood and other times, like Linda, they really didn't know what was happening, but they knew it was different. Usually an animal pulls their energy in 24 to 48 hours before they leave, or they come in a dream like we had Nemo's girlfriend come to carry. There's always a symbol. Even in the human hospice book, there is notice that 60 to 90 days before a human passes, they will oftentimes start talking about the other side. It's because they're leaving their body and, as they say, checking out the other side and coming back. So I think we all really should be very grateful for the memory moments that our animals share with them. Because we are fortunate to have them care enough to let us know and fortunate to be grateful for all we've shared together. And one of the exercises I'd like you to do as a takeaway today is, in your mind, choose five words that define the relationship that your life has had with your pet. Five words. Coco, what are the five words that you would use to define your relationship over your lifetime with Joey? Bonded, loving, learning. Okay. Mind with with more. You want more, yeah. Friend and mind would be enlightening, educational, life-changing, loving, and definitely interesting. So take your time and think very carefully. What are the five words that you would describe and define your life with your pet? Now, we hope that you'll join us on our Facebook group, and you can meet each of these lovely individuals there who will help share their story with you or help you with your questions from your heart. Our book, Animal Reincarnation, can be found everywhere all over the world. And soon, we'll be having question and answer live chat forums in our group, for our radio shows. Plus, we're going to do radio shows that will be translated in various languages. So stay with us. We have a lot of new things happening, and we're excited. And we thank you for taking your time to listen to our show, Alive Again. And we wish that for you and your pet. Bye now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.